Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 238 of the Pixels Nink podcast. I am your host, Cody Orm, and joining me today is our editor-in-chief, Brandon Fry. Hello. And our movie expert, Phil Brown. Hey, that's me. How's everyone doing today? I'm doing good. How about you, Cody? How are you doing? I am exhausted because I spent my weekend and the following three days writing reviews for the Switch, Mm -hmm. 1-2-Switch, and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Right now. And that's a, that's what we in the biz, the podcast biz, call a teaser. Because mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about those later. That's true, we are. Um, but it's been, a, it's been a busy week. Mm-hmm. It's been... Uh, yeah, it has been a very busy week, weirdly enough. Well, I mean, yeah. it's the, the week of a launch, mm-hmm. which is... Um, it's always this weird thing where companies are afraid to post any news because it'll get overshadowed. And then there's that... Yeah. Little, there'll be that one big piece of something that'll happen. And uh, that's that's pretty much what happened this week with, um, you know, on the, the eve of the Nintendo Switch launch, um, Blizzard announced a new Overwatch character. Um, but, you know, it's been hit and miss. But I've got some news here, if you want to talk about it. I do, yes. You I want do, to talk Cody. about some news? So, you guys know who Superdata is? Uh, no. So Superdata is um, an industry tracker. Okay. They um, they send us really cool emails about um, things they find financially. And, yeah, um, intriguing. One of them that they sent us was video game software sales, uh, digital video game software sales have grown 9.8% um, in January, hmm. um, bringing the number from December... Uh, for, so the number in December was seven point six billion, mm-hmm. and it is now at seven point eight billion in revenue. Hmm. That is a buttload of money, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of that was thanks to uh, there was there was a lot of strong sales across the board uh, the holiday season. Yeah. Um, so PC had League of Legends, which is at this point like it shouldn't even be counted. It's it's a major game. It's stupid popular, and like people just spend thousands of dollars on it. Yeah, yearly. Like it's it's crazy. Um, But interestingly enough, Phil, I'm going to ask you a question. Hit me. On consoles, Mm -hmm. what do you think the? Let's hear what you think the top five games sold in in December were, or sorry, in January were. Oh, I have no idea. You don't know? No. You don't even want to like take a. No nope. shot. Okay. No, nope. I don't even want to try. Thanks for trying to involve me in the story, <laughs> So, okay, fine. Uh, we'll start at number five with mm. Call of Duty Black Ops 2. That makes sense. Uh, number four is the lone indie title in the top ten, mm-hmm. uh, Ark Survival Evolved, which is funny because that game technically isn't out yet. Hmm. It's in, like, a playable uh, development mode. Right. Hmm. Um, number three is Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Not surprised there. Now... Okay, I'm gonna throw this back at you again, Phil. Mm-hmm. Can you can you think of the top two? Nope. No. I know the answer. You know the answer, so yeah. I can't ask you, no. Brandon. Okay, so number one is FIFA. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I should have been able to guess. Um, <laughs> number two, though, this is why I was trying to ask you because yeah. I knew you weren't wouldn't get it. Number yeah. two, still yeah. Grand Theft Auto Five. Seriously? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now, is that, like, microtransactions that are adding up, or that's just um, people buying new copies of Grand Theft Auto V still to this day? 
I it, it's I, I'm not sure they didn't really go too far into it. It mm. could probably be. Uh, oh no, they did say part of that is um, is due to GTA Five Online's consistent uh, updates and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, that's so what I was thinking. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is insane. That yeah. is insane. That's yep. completely insane. To this day, though, um, it sold more than seven, 70 million copies worldwide. That's, so wow, that's uh, that's huge. Another uh, kind of surprising thing was uh, Zenga Poker, for some reason. Brought uh, brought in thirteen million dollars in revenue, up ninety four percent from January of the last year. Huh. Um, not not entirely sure what was going on there, but people were playing Zenga poker again. Apparently, it doesn't surprise me. Good on Zenga. People love to gamble. That's true. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Another piece of news. Um, oh, you said you. Before the podcast, you were a big uh, PS2 gamer back in the day? Yes, I was. Did you ever play Rogue Trooper? Yep. Do you know the uh, 2000 AD comic series? Um, No, Rogue Trooper? Yeah, I know 2000 AD is Judge Dredd, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's Judge yeah. Dredd. So Rogue Trooper is a video game that was launched in like 2006, I think. Okay. Um, in the 2080 universe, it was on the PS2, Two? Xbox, and Wii. Huh. And really, Wii? Yeah, it was on the Wii. Well, it might have been ported to the Wii later. Okay, because I can't. The, um, those are very different time frames of consoles. Two thousand six? No, it would have all been the PS two. The PS three launched in two thousand six. Yeah, it would have been that like brief period yeah, okay. before yeah. the PS three was dominant. That'd be weird. Anyway, Rebellion, um, the minds behind Sniper Elite Four, uh, announced that they are uh, publishing it. They're not d- developing this specific title. It is TikTok. Um, TikTok Games is developing the a re- remastering of it. I don't know what that is. Called Rogue Trooper Redux. Uh, TikTok Games, they're from the UK. Uh, they did the Adventures of Pip. and um, That major landmark title, oh, yeah. Adventures of Pip. Well, this is kind of big because this is the first game in the 2080 um, universe that... Uh, what are they called? Rebellion isn't developing. Probably developing, yeah. And uh, it's not surprising because a couple weeks ago they, they said they were looking for people to develop it. They also own the license, I believe. They own uh, the Judge Dredd license. Yeah, so that's that's kind of one of the things the press release said was that they, this could open the door for you know a Judge Dredd game or something. I don't know if there's like a huge want for a Judge Dredd game, but man, I would play that. I just find it that. interesting that the people that own Rebellion Entertainment own <clears throat> Judge Dredd. Mm-hmm. Like, not entirely. They own all the licensing for it. Really? Yes. Interesting. If they were to make a Judge Dredd game, there should be a button dedicated uh, for a Stallone-esque voice I to yell through the camera at, saying, I am the law. Mm-hmm. I think that's... I am surprised it doesn't happen. That's got to be the, Even if the that's groundwork the game, for the game. Mm-hmm. Just the Stallone, I am the law game. I'd be okay with that. Uh, another piece of news. Microsoft unveiled a new Xbox uh, game service mm-hmm. called... Xbox Game Pass, yep. and for nine ninety nine a month, uh, players will have access to over a hundred Xbox One and Xbox three hundred and sixty titles. Uh, so, so it's supposed to be sort of what um, Sony introduced way back with uh, yeah the instant PS library. Yeah. Now was that what it was? No, I, no I, not PlayStation. Now. I would argue that it's similar to what they used to have. They when PlayStation Plus first launched, they had the instant library, ah. mm. which was PS three. You could just get 
I think it was like 20 games that were just included, and you could just play them at any time you wanted. And as soon as you bought the PS3, you just had access to those games. Lots uh, of cool. Interesting. Well, you want to hear what games are included? Uh, okay. Well, that was nice of them. Yeah. You know what games are already announced? Yeah, let's, let's hear it. So, you have Halo 5 Guardians, right. Saints Row 4 Reelected, sure. NBA 2K16, Mad Max, Lego Batman, the Mega Man Legacy Collection, Terraria, Payday 2, Gears of War Ultimate Edition, so that is 1, 2, and 3 remastered, mm-hmm. Fable 3, Soul Calibur 2, and Tekken Tag 2. I mean, for $10 a month, that's actually that's not, not bad. a bad deal. Now, yeah, that's, that's just the ones that are announced. There's yeah. over 100 that they said are going to be there. Now, what I'm actually kind of excited for is the chance to play Soul Calibur 2, because that one, if it's the one that is for the Xbox, is the one where you can play as Spawn. Oh, is that Spawn? Oh, right. That yeah. was actually, believe it or not, my favorite version of that game because the GameCube one actually had Link, but you could play Spawn. That's awesome. What was it? <laughs> the third one you could play as Darth Vader and yes, Yoda? That was number yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, four. Four, four. Number three was a big deal because you could make your own character. Oh. Um, but yeah, that's not a bad lineup. I mean, you get Halo 5 right out of the gate. That's pretty good. I mean, Halo 5 you can now buy for like five bucks. But yeah, it's, it's, a, nice, it's a nice thing. Yeah. And, and I'm pretty sure we have a sealed copy in this office at this exact moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, then. Yeah, we do. It's over there. Um, another cool one. Uh, Tarak 2 is getting remastered on the PC. Nice. Yeah, I don't Get care. Get some of that dino action going. I never owned an N64, so I never had the nostalgia of a Turok. Oh, man, I Turok was Turok. great. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty ahead of its time. It was. Considering. I, wasn't I, it the same engine as... Um, wasn't it the same engine as... Uh, Goldeneye? It could be. I mean, Probably. it came first. So yeah, most of those, taken it okay. and, yeah. Most of the first-person shooters on the Xbox... Or Xbox. N64. On the N64 were... Basically the same thing. Okay. But Turok was kind of cool because it had more open world aspects to it okay. that yeah. wasn't really done on console I games. I just at the like time. shooting dinosaurs too. That, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's like at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find who's doing it. And I assume Activision's involved because I think they own the license. I can't find it. Hmm. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, Night Drive Studios. Yeah, I'm assuming Those that's a developer. And I can't find the publisher, but there is going to be a playable demo at GDC. So there is a playable demo right now at GDC. Yes. Um, so that's kind of cool. Turok's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'd have zero problem with Turok making a return. Sure. Yeah, why not? Did they ever do it outside of the PS? Uh, outside of the, sorry, outside of the N64? I, I believe they did one for the port. Xbox. Oh, yeah. the Xbox one? I think Xbox there was. Okay. I, I could be wrong, though. Yeah. I remember there being something on PC, but that might have been a different game. Interesting, because I just recall like seeing a used copy of it somewhere and being like, I didn't even know that existed. Not going to buy it. Yep. I'm going to double check that for but you. But I would definitely play the hell out of some new Turok. That's, I think it's the same game. Just Yep, there was a Turok on the Xbox 360. There you go. Oh, there you go. It's, it's just something, uh, you know, with, like, graphics where the dinosaurs could look like dinosaurs. That's oh. so good. <laughs> You'd probably like Ark Survival Evolved, though. Mm-hmm. No, that, that is a... Uh, it, it's a dino- it's sort of like Turok. Mm-hmm. But in the newest update, which I think we talked about yesterday, mm-hmm. you can have laser cannons yesterday. mounted on... Your dinosaurs. On dinosaurs, yeah. Oh, it wasn't fantastic. yesterday. I said last week. Oh, you said actually No, said I said it. last week. Okay. Yeah, it was, it's pretty awesome. It's, but it's an open-world survival game. Oh, that's the answer. Yeah. Oh. That's that's the that's what you should be saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. laser cannon dinos. I mean, like, I can't pretend that laser cannon dinos aren't great conceptually. I just am really bummed out that the game that offers laser cannon dinos <laughs> requires so much 
busy work to play. Did you ever? I um, feel like the the primary audience for a dinosaurs with lasers attached to their head. They don't, <laughs> don't have a lot of patience. I feel like they're really missing out here. I feel. The Did same. you ever yeah. play um, Far Cry? Was it Bloodstone? Is that what it's called? Nope. Oh, be Blood a Dragon. Blood Dragon. That was it. That'd be a big old no. Oh, that one was kind of cool because you could get. Uh, dinosaurs with it was all like 80s like bright neon aesthetic yeah, yeah. uh with I, I think it was dinosaurs it could be dragons it was dragons it was dragons it was laser dragon it was blood dragons okay well i mean i'm not against this by any stretch of the imagination i want to make that clear sometimes for the listeners the video game industry just is the best thing ever right <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it's the stupidest mm-hmm. yeah and sometimes those cross over and talking about the stupidest thing ever have you ever heard of um yandere Simu- simulator no Dairy simulator. Yeah, you might remember like one two switch where you milk the cow. <laughs> I mean, you're not far off. So yeah, okay. Dairy Simulator is a. Um, you might remember. I don't know if you how into games news you were last year, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, Dairy Simulator was actually a game that was pretty much famous because it was banned from Twitch. Okay. Why was it banned from Twitch? So in Yandere Simulator, you play as this uh, teenage girl who is infatuated with her senpai. Mm-hmm. And okay, I, I don't um, like where this is but going. But here's the you. thing: uh. she's really shy, right? Uh. So what is she gonna do? She needs this boy to notice her, she but he doesn't cow? even know who who he, who she is. No. So what she does is, uh, you murder anyone who tries to um, go on a date with him, uh, and you torture them, and it's really bad. And it was banned from Twitch because you're murdering people in a school, which is insinuating their children, and mm. that is a Noah's bueno from. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, Yandere Simulator. That wasn't the news. That happened last year. That's old news now. <laughs> um, Tiny Build, the studio behind Punch Club and Hello Neighbor, are going to help with the uh, publishing for it because the it's one person building Yandere Simulator, and uh, it's taken a really long time. It's been in development since 2014 now, huh. and people are getting a little impatient. And uh, Tiny Build is like, "We'll help you." And okay. so they're probably going to go to Kickstarter or some kind of crowdfunding. Uh, or some kind of payable alpha kind of thing, and uh, try to get some funds and get this game out there, so you can tiny build, uh, building those inroads everywhere. It's really popular. It's a really popular game, apparently. Um, Weird. Yeah. And here is my last bit of news. Uh, it's about the Switch. Okay. Because this podcast is going to be pretty heavy on the Switch, I think. Super Data remember them from earlier today you mean like 10 minutes ago yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I remember that so super data is uh stating that their projections show the switch will sell five million units or move five million units this okay. year sure that is bananas uh, it's not unheard of that would be a better launch than the ps4 i believe i don't know if that's true Let's see what the PS4 the sold in its launch. First year. First year, sorry. PS4 but you have to remember one thing. The, the PS4 launched in the fall. This is launching at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. So you might want to search what PS4 did in its first six months. would be more accurate. Okay, so PS4. Um, first. I love this podcast. Isn't this months. great radio? So exciting. Yes. Researching on air. So exciting. Well, you know what some people do is we're they hardcore talk like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> while yeah, I yeah, research. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, no, nah, we just make fun of you. Mm. It's far better that way. Mm-hmm. So let's see what we had here. 
Oh, crunching numbers. Look at him go. I know. This is so much wow, fun. So I'm loving 50, every second of it. 53 million units yeah, so there you far. Go. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's a lot. But that's not in the first year. That is yeah, in the I know. first like, five. Out. Mm-hmm. Um, Before. How long has the PS4 been out now? I, I have no idea. It's been out since 2015. 14? Three years? I want to say 2014. Uh, 2013, actually. Yeah. Really? Oh, right. It's like four years now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, so this, it had... Indeed. I agree. Mm-hmm. With that sentiment, I fully agree. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find... There's no... um. There's no sales history on Wikipedia. There's just the history. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that's going to be a crazy number for them to, to, to reach. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to look up the number anymore. I apologize. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find it. Um, well, it's 50 million. If they've sold 53 million in four years, then undoubtedly in the first year they sold more than 5 million. Yeah. That's just math. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't get an exact number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes me sad. But, it's okay. Um, so they were saying that the biggest... I'm going to turn my sound down on my... Mm-hmm. Phone. So that doesn't happen again. Uh, they're saying the biggest hurdle Nintendo's going to have to face is trying to convince people that um, they should buy a second console. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's uh, that's true. That's going to be hard. It, but um, It is, but I think the fact that it's both handheld and... Uh, that's a thing. There's, It's a unique situation not i don't like, think people not like are, the wii itself yeah i don't think people are opposed to buying a second console because yeah like you said the wii was many people's second console that they mm-hmm. had in their house um okay cody as a comparison the ps4 by tw- april 13th 2014 had sold 20.5 million units okay so actually that's not that's not unreasonable then mm-hmm. it was just on the ps4 wiki by the way yeah, oh, yeah. I, I i went through it i couldn't find it yeah yeah and also i didn't have the benefit the luxury of other people talking to continue <laughs> a podcast <laughs> like you just did. Well, fair enough. But I still did it. Yeah, yep. that's true. Um, so they also said another big deal is the price. Yeah. Uh, in Canada, it's priced at $399.99. In the U.S., it's closer to 300 And mm-hmm. in Europe, it is 279 Yeah. Sure. Something like that. Um, so there, there are some some hurdles for them to to overcome but they also had some other interesting bits of info that i want to share with you guys north america is nintendo's largest install base taking up 45 percent the second is europe at 35 and then and third is japan Mm. which i was surprised at first and then brendan pointed out well you're comparing a country to two continents obviously they're not going to stack up which then i realized that's pretty impressive that japan is number three yeah of course japan (laughs) likes its games they do the entirety of Europe likes its games yeah yeah, well that's the thing too now and i'm starting to think um if that is japan just with oh no because that takes up um home uh that, that just says the biggest install base i don't know if it specified home or mobile console because if the the, the switch is both you would think even a larger chunk of uh, the japan market ba- market base would want to uh get their hands on this because mobile gaming is so big there but it's still a little big because if you're going on a subway with that's ridiculously cramped your phone is far easier to use than a console that is actually somewhat sizable yeah, but Remember, I mean, most people use it in transit, and in transit in Japan, it is exceedingly cramped. Yeah, but I don't think it's that big. 
but you can't you can hold it out in front of you and play okay i mean i i think there's a reason that mobile games have done so well is like people trans well yeah no totally but that's not to say and that like, people are only big. going to do one or the other like the people had a vita and a 3ds and a mobile phone yeah, as well they're not, not going to be like oh i don't know much bigger mobile. than the the PS, than the psp i guess that's true yeah yeah um but <clears throat> yeah i mean i i think it's unique enough that it'll remain to be seen i mean if they're only projecting looking for five million that's not yeah it's not huge yeah it's no, not bad it seems very doable i mean to be fair the wii u only reached 20 million by the time it died. i know the wii u took i think it was four years three and a half years to outsell the dreamcast, the dreamcast yeah. which mm. had a two-year life cycle yep. mm. so the wii u was in a in an era to, a failure in mm-hmm. an era too when um, video game console sales weren't as predominant as mm. they are now so yeah that was um a spectacular kind of terrible but um it was but the switch is both the follow-up to the 3ds and the wii u so it has a unique right now no it's yeah. not um nintendo from what i've talked to them about they they're saying the the 3ds isn't in any danger but yeah. with that being said it also you cannot find it at any store shelves right now the 3ds yeah it's really hard to find stores huh I, I, I'm I not going to... There's a shortage all across North America right now. Intriguing. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to... I think we've had this conversation before. I do think that the, the Switch is going to replace the 3DS as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that is a strategy from Nintendo to tell users that um, if you bought a 3DS this holiday season because we had new Pokemon, mm-hmm. we, we're not trying to screw you over. Mm-hmm. With that being said would be really really cool if there was some backwards compatibility with the switch Mm -hmm. and i don't understand why there isn't Mm -hmm. because they use the same kind of technology but Mm -hmm. that is all the game news i have Mm -hmm. i thought that was a a fun little segment what do you say no it was good it was very good very good you got you got some movies i do i do all right so first up um we should of course talk about the death of bill paxton that was very sad which was a real bummer because he's a great great man wasn't he in the uh the middle of uh filming something i i don't know i thought he was i don't I'm, think I so i mean he's currently on training day but that they filmed was... they completed shooting oh okay um but that's will continue to air um but yeah so that was a real shame and uh there was a great uh what, what's this bill paxton oh was it he is on training day yeah yeah, yeah he's in the training day tv show oh, i thought that was Christian Slater for some weird reason. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, I think they could both be in it. I don't know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> it's, not, it's totally possible. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's... Um, so that was a real shame. A lot of people were memorials, including me, on our website. But my favorite one that I read was from uh, James Cameron, specifically because he shared a story about the fact that uh, uh, Bill Paxton once uh, gave uh, James Cameron a 700-pound stone head of Bacchus, the god, the god of partying. Okay. Um, because a, bill, a hotel was being demolished in New York, and he saw that they had the head, and he figured James Cameron could use a 700-pound head of a party god, and uh, the James Cameron has had it in his living room ever since. No, it, so. it definitely was Bill Paxton, and not. Yeah, and not later. Later. Okay. I am just completely wrong. Yeah, no problem. Nothing like I, the... I, I am kind of saddened, though, because um, that alien movie from, was it Blomkamp? Yeah. Wasn't that supposed to have Paxton in it? It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, like, he, Michael Bean was in the art. Um, and they also talked about how they uh, talked to Bill Paxton and he might be involved. It's entirely possible. His character was super dead. Yeah. From Alien, so it would have been <laughs> tricky. But it's totally possible. I mean, he was just one of those guys who, like, 
anytime he showed up in anything, you automatically knew that it was going to get better. Yeah, I agree. And everyone he seemed, was he was a great actor. Everyone right? liked him. He was a good filmmaker too. Frailty was really? quite a good film oh, that he directed. Oh wow, he did yeah. do that. Didn't yeah, he? he did direct wow. Frailty. Yeah, um, and he directed the Fish Heads music video long before he took off as an actor. Um, and yeah, he was just a really great, talented guy. And it's a it's real really shame. sad, real shame. Um, so How, anyway, it was some surgery. Yeah, complications during surgery. I haven't heard any further details. Yeah, that. one would assume it was heart surgery or something like that. Oh. But anyway, he wasn't, he wasn't that old. Was Sixty-one. Yeah. yeah, that's really sad. I know, super sad. All right, next up, did you guys watch the trailer for Alien Covenant? Of the course new one? I did. Yeah, it looked yeah. amazing. I did not see it. I didn't even know the trailer dropped. Yeah, there's it a new one. Well, there are two weekend? now. Oh, there are. Yeah, the first one doesn't really show anything. The second one really kind of. Yeah, it, there's a we- that's Dude, a weird. Ca- isn't there? Um, stuff. Danny McBride in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in I, it. I saw that in the second trailer. I'm like, what? Yeah, and James Franco's in it as well. It's so weird. Yeah, but I mean, James Franco, they've clearly, because they released uh, the first scene. Well, they said it was a deleted scene. I don't know if yeah. it would be in the final film. That was sort of them, the whole crew yeah. going to sleep before they go into hypersleep. And uh, James Franco was there, and he claimed he was feeling sick. So yeah. I'm assuming that means he's going to die from yeah. a chestburster very quickly. Because um, he it's, also isn't in any of the other marketing material, which no, is odd because he's James Franco. Yeah, it's just really interesting the fact that they have a, like, a comedic cast for yeah, most of yeah. the part. And it doesn't look at all comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah well, Danny McBride's I mean, actually quite a good actor. He is, but he doesn't do much serious roles. He doesn't know, but he, like Eastbound and Down in particular, he's not really like that's a hilarious show. But the part of the joke is he's always playing it as yeah. straight as humanly possible. That's true. Like he's not really mugging, so it doesn't surprise me. I mean, like I would never cast Danny McBride to like play Truman Capote or no, whatever. No. You know, he can't disappear. He's Danny McBride. <laughs> but as a like, you know, yeah. redneck trucker driving the ship, uh, and Danny McBride seems great to me. Plus, yeah. it means Danny McBride's going to get killed by an alien, and I can't wait. That's true. He's yeah. good, definitely going to die. And definitely. Have they shown off much? They've, the aliens have been very kind of coy what they've shown. Well, it, they show the most yet yeah. in this new trailer. But where it's you still, saw him you clinging to the ship, and it you, just seemed like powerful and intense. But it doesn't look quite the same way as other aliens have in the past. Did it not? It looked close enough to me. It I didn't notice close, any specific. The face is a little bit different, but then again, that could just be every single person take puts a little touch on. True, how, so. and it's also supposed to be like connected to Prometheus, so this is still technically taking place before the first Alien movie. Yeah. So there could be some sort of evolution situation. Yeah. Or anything else, I'm just relieved that they've given up on all that. The, in general, given up on the Prometheus nonsense. And yeah. So is this, this is still alien. a sequel to Prometheus, isn't it? Yes, because Michael Fassbender is playing the same character, but he's playing a different version, a different model of the same robot. Oh, really? I thought so. I have no idea because the other one's. Only a head and part of a body. It's true. And um, traveling to a different planet. It's with true. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I know Numi replaces is supposed to be in it at some point. Okay. Um, and it is, yeah, it's definitely a sequel. And there was also that shot in the new trailer where they step on that one, like, bacteria. And yeah. The, what I'm assuming is that, like, biological, uh, like... Goo? What was it? In, yeah, it was that that like primordial goo that turns into creatures designed to kill whatever species well, what lets it, them loose. No, my understanding is it allows things to evolve in ways that will either push evolution forward mm-hmm. or destroy things yes. based on how it was really convoluted. It had to do with like yeah. the soul and how good things – it was yeah, really yeah, convoluted. Yeah. And they never quite explain it because they were supposed to explain it in the sequel, which yeah. they may or may not do. Because I know because in the beginning, if you are doing it for – because he takes the goo and he becomes Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how Earth gets life. Is yeah, because yeah. he, he evolved himself, himself yeah. and allowed the Earth to evolve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it de-evolves and re-evolves, but it can do it in chaotic ways that can cause destruction. Right. From my understanding. But then again, 
I've seen like 12 description videos of how yeah. it all works. I'm like, none of that makes any sense. It's very unclear. Yeah. Very unclear. Hopefully this one will be more clear. Yeah. At the very least, it looks like a monster movie. Which is and what I it needs to be, I love monster yeah. movies. So, no, I'm totally on board. The shots oh, yeah. that they had at the Xenomorph at the end look this incredible. Is, this is bringing back Alien to what it needs to be kind of... Exactly. It's always been kind of this weird art film series. Yeah. But it's always also been just a straight-up horror movie at the same time. Yeah. It's been a weird series. It's an odd combination yeah. of stuff. Yeah. So I'm excited about this. All right. Uh, other good news. Uh, they're going to make a sequel to the Trolls movie because that made enough money. So way to go, world. Glad. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you, I had, hope you're happy. Hope, hope you had a I good hope time you're happy. going to see Trolls because we got another one. You all are the worst people on Earth, and <sighs> you are what's perpetuating the cinema mm-hmm. filth we now have today. Exactly. Good job. Good job. On the plus side. Uh, Jordan Peele's Get Out uh, made $30 million on the weekend. That's, that's, a substantial that's return on his budget. Fantastic. And it was a great flick. Did you yeah. see it? No. You I've, should. You'll I've, like it. Everything I've heard about it just yeah. sounds amazing, though. It's really, really cool. And um, uh, so, uh, subsequent to the success, Jordan Peele has promised that he's working on more thrillers about social demons. And awesome. he has five more, uh, four, sorry, four more concepts planned that he hopes to make in the next awesome. 10 years. I have found a lot of the um, reactions to that film a bit interesting, where there's white racism like how dare you be racist against white people oh, is that what people are saying yeah <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah fair enough i mean you're allowed being you're allowed bringing social issues up and you're not racist against the people you're saying hey mm-hmm. this is not great you might want to stop doing yeah, this yeah yeah well, also it's like i feel like it's, it's a more small vocal minority that's doing oh, that, of course it is. and it also is most yes. likely people who haven't seen the movie oh i'm sure more they're complicated than they're making i'm sure they're just they watched the trailer and said wow yeah. the white people look like they're the villains how yeah, dare yeah. you make white people villains ridiculous yeah, it's missing the point ridiculous but no it's it's really it's really good piece of work and i'm yeah. excited to see uh, what he has planned i mean if you look at it like this way you look at um the films of um like the French, um, new uh, French new wave. Yeah, yeah. We had a lot of like sixties, the sixties, fifties, yeah. and sixties. We had a lot of uh, films talking about how the rich were destroying society, yeah, but they yeah, did yeah. it in satirical ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same sort of thing. Yeah, totally. They're not meant to say all rich people are bad. They're meant to show that yeah. society could be better if you just notice how ridiculous the things you are. You do. Well, totally. Yeah. yeah. And like, no one claims that like the Stepford Wives was yeah. like a depiction of all men. You no. know what I mean? No. Similar thing. So, anyway, that's weird, but I suppose not unexpected. No. All right, next up. Um, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, James Mangold uh, is apparently wants to release a black and white version of Logan, like the black and white Mad Max. That doesn't so need to happen. going to be a thing now. That would be kind of cool. I mean, sure, but you could also put it in Premiere, put a black and white filter on and be done. Yeah, or just turn yeah. the color down on your yeah. television. That would work, too. <laughs> that's, the weird, that's the weird thing. I don't understand why this is such a Unless weird. it was actually filmed to take advantage of black and white. Yeah. Black and whiting something doesn't do anything for you. I know, it's bizarre. When you film in black and white on actual black and white film stock, yeah, yeah. you do different lighting, you do different things to kind of get the shadows and darks and lights. Yeah. If you're just basically taking desaturating a film, mm. that's not all that exciting. Yeah, anyone can do that. Yeah. And like, I can see why I want to do this movie because it's tonally appropriate, but I just don't. I hope this isn't the trend. No. It's very odd to me. <laughs> all right. And finally, because there just really wasn't much this week, uh, good news, everyone. Um, the Tron 3 they're still working on. And, that will never uh, come out, ever. And uh, they, uh, the, the director said that uh, this con- the third one would uh, apparently mostly be about Olivia Wilde's character from Tron Legacy Just addressing ex- to the real world. So it wouldn't even mostly take place in Tron. It would mostly be her. I don't want that at being all. Rocking, rocking. Yeah, no, me neither. Why is that sounds another horrible. Tron movie? <laughs> That's what I want. I know, I right? I mean, Jordan will like this news. I mean, yeah. I, I, I love Olivia Wilde. She's yeah. a great actress. But I don't care about her being 
I don't want another splash movie with a person from the Toronto. World. I know, right? It's ridiculous. I guess the, I guess Disney just is intrigued in keeping this property alive. And also, I saw. I mean, the only like exciting yeah. thing that came out of the news stories I saw footage of. I guess in Disney World Shanghai, they built a Tron ride. Yeah, that looks great. Yeah, so did, I can go with that. Did Tron even like do like did Legacy even do that well? Oh, yeah, it did. Okay, here's the thing. Like what? enough to warrant oh, a yeah. third well, one. Cody, here's okay. the thing. It did well in relation to most movies that are made. Mm. It did bad considering how much it cost to make. Mm. Ah. Like it cost like 150, I believe, and it made like 225. I want to say. I'm sure worldwide it did better than that, but let's check right now. Box office mojo would help us out right now. But while we're talking about that, shall we? Look at this. Look at this. You're gonna you're gonna give him segue out. Yeah, that's what (laughs) I do. That's because I'm I'm a nice person. Leave me out to dry and give. Fill a segue. Apparently, apparently, the segue is us talking about the segue because mm. uh, apparently that's what we do. Yeah. Well, you know, this actually would be a good time to thank our friends over at. Oh, that's a great idea. Comic yeah, Let's do that. Then we'll come back with the answer. We mm. will. Shaq, do you have a need for comics and graphic novels? I do have a fixin'. Have well, a fixin'. what you need to do is go to comicbento.com and use the promo code CGMAG in all caps, and you can get $5 off a Comic Bento subscription. It goes right to your door. Yes! Five bu- Dude, five bucks? Five bucks. Five hey, guys, bucks. can five I get in on this action? Oh, yes, yeah. you can. Whoa! You know what you have to do? Go what to comicbento.com and use the promo code CGMAG in all caps and get $5 off your Comic Bento subscription. Five whole dollars? Five whole dollars. Whoa! Comic Bento. Get it now. And we are back. Do you like that little teaser we had, that cliffhanger? Mm-hmm. I'm sure they were all on yeah. the edge of the seat. How much did Tron Legacy make? Mm-hmm. And how much well, did it make? Well, Phil has the answer here. It made just over $400 million worldwide from a budget of 170 That's, so, that's actually so, yeah, that's that's not bad. It's not bad. Now, it is worth pointing out that um, Does pe- it, that people say mar- the math now. Yeah, with marketing now, yeah. the math is if, if you have any blockbuster, you have to double it for yeah. what their worldwide marketing costs are. So it probably only ended up netting Disney around $100 million in profit. That's not like, horrible. No, $100 million is $100 million. I would but, take that and live on that for life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and your children and your children's <laughs> children. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah. So it, so I can see why they're interested in, yeah. in reviving it. It is like a cult thing. I'm sure they sell Tron merchandise all the time. That Daft Punk soundtrack yeah. was fantastic. I but that love said, that soundtrack. I don't, I don't want that. I uh, <laughs> if they were if they were to do it again if they would just get uh, maybe make a thirty minute uh, like Daft Punk music video sent in the Tron world That's very and release that in IMAX yeah. that would be fantastic. I don't need them. I don't need uh, the Daft Punk in the universe. No, definitely not. I would pay full ticket price. I mean, that for was just kind the of, thirty minutes, yeah. plot free. Uh, <laughs> just IMAX three D Daft Punk Daft Punk music video and Tron and then set in the Tron universe in three D. Fine by me. I think that I, I've always felt that should be an option. You should be able to decide. Do I want to sit through two hours and 45 minutes of Transformers and IMAX 3D or for the same price? Because I just watched the 45 minutes of action highlights yeah. in IMAX 3D and then go and just home. skip all the skip all the yeah. tra- the uh, totally. Shia LaBeouf and exactly. Mark Wahlberg stuff. No one cares. No, they just got so, a filler. <clears throat> that's what they need to do. They yeah. need to start working on this. I, I think Hollywood would love it because they could fit. How many people could they fit in those? Same time frames because no one cares what the story is. The exactly. story barely exists anyway. Exactly. Make it like yeah. So like the seven o'clock shows the full movie, yeah. and then from like, and then from like eight eight till nine, uh, and then they do yeah. And then eight eight till nine, just play those forty five yeah. minutes three times. Yeah. And then do a late show. Yeah, exactly. That that makes more sense. Ridiculous. Hollywood get on that. I know. It's about time. We're, we're giving you ideas here that are horrible. Yeah. But you should do anyway. They are profitable. Yes. So you know. All right. So here we go. So. uh I'll do movie reviews. Yeah, we didn't now. talk to you talk about Logan last week. No, we didn't. I wanted to hold it over till this week. Yes. And I'm glad I did. 
kind of teased it last week. Like, we well, did, no, we're not bit. talking about this week. Mm-hmm. The review's going to be live, but you don't get to hear what it is. Totally. And I'm glad you did, because there's actually one of those movies where the longer I sat with it, the more I realized that I, the more I got out of it. Okay. I do think it is a really strong piece of work. So, yeah, Logan <laughs> is the last uh, last Wolverine movie. It's very, 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 very loosely inspired by Old Man Logan in that he is an old man named Logan, and they go on the road. <laughs> and there's kind and of desert sad. somewhere. Yeah, and it's sad. And that's pretty well it. That's pretty well all they can. I, I do want to touch on, because we didn't actually talk about it bef- mm-hmm. uh, in the news segment, Patrick Stewart has announced that that was his last X-Men movie as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A, was it a talk with Logan, a uh, talk with um, Hugh Jackman? He said, he's like, uh, he did it, he called it, he's, that's his last, I'm done too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It, and, it, and it very much feels like it's been constructed to be a farewell yeah. for both of them. And I'm totally fine with it. We know what happens, they... Whatever happens in that movie happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and also, it, and it's also just nice that they got to do it because you know previously their grand farewell was supposed to be uh, X Men Last Stand. That was not good. And that was brutal. Yep. So <laughs> it was nice that they got a second crack at a grand finale. And yep. these, and as fun as Dejan Peter Patch was, is like a nostalgia piece. It's again nice that they got yep. a finale. Anywho, um, so yeah, uh, it's about Logan. It's set in the year twenty twenty nine. Um, for reasons that are unstated, all mutants have pretty well been ri- wiped out. The only three left are uh, Logan, who is drunk most of the time and works as a driver for hire. How do you get drunk if you have ultimate healing factor? Wouldn't well, you? that's the thing is he's slowly being poisoned by the adamantium in his body. Oh, okay. That's reducing his healing power. Um, so he's just, the adamantium is like toxic. Yeah, it's slowly okay. leaking into his bloodstream, and he's, oh. that's why he's starting to age. That's where he's starting to. Oh, uh, so the healing factor the can't keep him back. Exactly, the healing's not working as well. He's slowly being poisoned by that, and it's slowly doubling his oh, powers. There you go. Yeah, it's a cool idea. So, yeah. was it? Does it take place after like the decimation? Then it's unclear what specifically happened. Okay. Well, I mean, they do get to that, but for the purposes of this review. Cody okay. is unclear <laughs> okay. what happened. All right. <laughs> if we tell you, that would be a huge spoiler. <laughs> All right. That's okay. So, yeah. So the three, <laughs> we'll talk about this after. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so the three that are left are, uh, yeah, Logan, who, like I said, is drunk. We're going to his driver. Um, and then uh, Caliban, who uh, is played by Stephen Merchant. He hasn't been in it before. He was a... Uh, his power is that he can sense mutants nearby and be a mutant tracker. So sure. he was involved in whatever the decimation okay. of the mutants was. So he's and like Dog the Bounty Hunter. Exactly. Dog and the then the third one is Professor X, who they've kept in a uh, gigantic water a water tank, um, and they feed and they who they constantly feed uh, seizure medication because he's slowly going. He's slowly developing dementia. He's also developing seizures, and the problem is when you're a psychic on the power of Professor X, when you have a seizure that can either and its lowest level. Uh, paralyze everyone within, you know, uh, like city, the radius of a full city, or at its worst, uh, kill six thousand people. That seems bad. Which happened? Yeah. Uh, so it's not great, but so they've formed a kind of reluctant family relationship. Um, Logan being as tortured and drunken and horrible as always. That's good. And then as long as uh, you're consistent. Exactly. Yeah. And then things shift slightly when a mysterious woman shows up with a young girl who is the first mutant who has appeared in an unspecified period of time, at least a decade. And uh, not only is she the first mutant to appear in a decade, but she very clearly specifically has Wolverine's powers and is most All likely a child of some sort. Yes. Huh. And has adamantium how does that, right in there. How does that work? Again, I could tell you, oh, but people complain about spoilers on oh, this podcast. Right. They do. They do. So I'm not going to get into details on that. So then they hit the road, pursued by government agents trying to seek out a a fabled mutant Eden that may or may not exist. It's unclear. Okay. So it is a um, – what I liked about it is that um, 
you know, as we've, Cody, you've talked about before, you've, the X-Men series is one of the more serious of them, one of the most layered, so, and this is by far the most dour and depressing of the X-Men movies to date, not in a bad way. Um, it has a almost, um, as much as there is action, there's some great action in it, mm-hmm. it's, it's R-rated, so it's the first time you get to see Wolverine, like, shick shick the way that he's supposed to, but at the same time, it's not just, like, it's not, like, splat stick, bloody fun, like Deadpool. Um, the violence like really hurts and it's really brutal and at first it's like oh cool i get to see that eventually it just gets kind of painful to watch deliberately so Mm. um it's also very much a kind of weary dreary character piece again in a good way um it's sort of positioning um while logan as a troubled distraught anti-hero someone who had heroism thrust upon him hated at the time now is more racked with guilt about everything he did more than anything else and it's also a western in that it is you know set in a desert and is about um kind of a western slash samurai movie sort of about a sort of battered old warrior uh learning to live again through the eyes of a child um in this case a feral mutant wolverine like child um it all works surprisingly well. It can drag a little bit. It is almost two and a half hours long, but given that this is sort of a grand farewell to these to these these characters, at least in this form, in this chapter of the X-Men universe, right. is totally worth it. It definitely has the uh, tone of a wake and a eulogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, what I liked about it is it, it is filled with really interesting take on the characters. In fact, it's, for my money, one of the like most in-depth and intriguing explorations of Wolverine that I've ever seen, never mind just in movies. Um, uh, who's, you know, typically a character who definitely has some sort of weight to him, but is not explored in the same way, say, like a Batman is, or, yeah. or, or even Superman has been. Um, and that was really nice to see. It was done in um, James Mangold, who previously directed The Wolverine and did Copland and uh, 310 Yumi, clearly had complete control over this and has created a really weird, unique superhero movie to the right. point where, like, I'm sure it will do well, but I'm curious to see how much it will make because it is, it is different, um, and it doesn't. In fact, like some the weakest points are sort of when it climaxes in the way a conventional mm. superhero movie is supposed to. It does best when it's subverting it, but it is really moving. Um, Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart are really amazing in it, mm. and um, particularly Patrick Stewart. I feel like I don't know. We'll see what happens. Generally, movies that come out um, this far away from, uh, like, award cycle are forgotten, but yeah. I feel like he could even end up being awarded. for is one of the most impressive things I've seen him do. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Can, and have there been, like, acts in superhero movies that have actually been nominated? Yeah, Heath Ledger. Yeah. Outside of Heath Ledger? No. No? no? That's why I think. No. I mean, I think some, uh, if you want to go to the Oscars, you have... Um, Suicide Squad won for best makeup. Yeah, it's pretty much. That, they it. didn't deserve it. But yeah. No, yes, it didn't. They did. Yeah, yeah. No, in terms of acting, no. I mean, they've like MTV movie awards, sure. Yeah. yeah. But no, the Heath Ledger is the only time it crossed over. Um, I think, and I think both of these are certainly worthy performances. Again, we'll see how the year goes, but yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if a case is made for both of them mm-hmm. if things don't turn around. Now, I think uh, Jackman is interesting because I've sort of been like uh, written writing a piece uh, now that will technically be up now since it's Friday. Yeah. If you're listening to this. Um, about sort of looking back at the cycle and sort of forget that like how initially Hugh Jackman was kind of everyone was confused by the choice yeah. of him and he was kind of he 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 was always good but it was kind of awkward at first because no one was just quite sure what to do with Wolverine um, but he's really grown into it well and this is a really 
a really wonderful exploration of the character and I think a wonderful note for them to all to go out on and um, yeah I just I really liked it a lot um, but like I said I think it'll I'm curious to see how it does. Like, the reviews have been very good. I think it will be divisive yeah, to a certain extent amongst fans just because like, it is it is rough to watch at times. Yeah. And it's also can be quite heavy-handed in ways that are, like, nice and that it's taking this right. seriously, but also can be a little too on the nose. Now, um, is, it, is it as rough as silence? No. Okay. Obviously not. <laughs> Obviously not. But in the world of, like, X-Men movies, okay. for sure. Um, and it is like tonally, and it it also just shows the like, the 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 risk and control that yeah. Fox is starting to be willing to give to people in these X Men movies because it could not be tonally more opposite to what Deadpool was. That's awesome. Um, and also, and also it was nice as well because I remember after watching X Men Apocalypse, thinking, God, this is so dreary. I wish people would stop taking this world so seriously. But then Logan yeah. is even more serious than that. But it was just done in a different way. I think it, it felt it, new it, and it, exciting. You just don't can't be the emo moody, but actually have something to say. And yeah, that, that well, does it. well, totally. And it was also just with Apocalypse, there were just so many characters and so many I things we've seen before. Some of the characters literally had two lines. Well, totally, yeah. Whereas this, like, by focusing on an, essentially focusing on three characters, yeah. it really allows you to explore them in the depth that require that's required. I think superhero movies work best when you are they're more of character studies than just giant punch fests it certainly helps yeah so i think um yeah i've got a feeling that this will be um yeah like probably a little bit divisive now not may not make a vast sum of money but i've got a feeling that when you know whatever this cycle of superhero movies wraps up will be remembered as one of the more intriguing and challenging ones that's good i think they did a great job nice yeah, and uh, there's nothing else to great this week. The okay. most notable one that I saw was a movie called The Shack that is a Christian film starring Sam Worthington huh. that is ultimately about how it's important for him as a Christian to learn to forgive the man who murdered his nine-year-old daughter. Huh. So Was it good? No. Okay. It was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible, and it had that message, which was really confusing, which I get like supposed to forgive people it's one of the tenets of christianity i have to say i've always been anti-child killer that's yeah, just me that's, that's yeah. fair yeah. that's just me i, I feel seemed, that if you you would gone a weird taken route and he just goes yeah. and murders people i would be okay with yeah, that yeah, yeah. yeah totally yeah. but yeah it was a weird choice um and also it had just some of the worst cgi i've ever oh, seen why um well to express heaven and ah. it also had a scene where god while like comforting sam worthington and letting Full him know that he loves god well god appears in three forms oh, of course he does yeah. yeah um but like at one point yeah while he's trying to like let him know that he is god and, and how yeah. great it is to be god he shows him how to walk on water and then they actually run across a lake together oh, um, that sounds fun that oh god it's one of the corniest things i've ever seen <laughs> so now like, let me ask you this mm-hmm. which did heaven better what dreams may come or this Oh, what dreams may come. Okay. That's that's the correct it answer. Goes without yes. saying. Yes. Um, I think probably defending your life is the best movie heaven. I don't think I've seen that one. It's my favorite anyway. Uh, it's an Albert Brooks movie. Okay. Um, it's really really funny. It's like, uh, yeah, like every like the des- design wise is pretty simple. It's just everyone dresses in white, right. but just conceptually there are a lot of great ideas. Like for example, you can't get wa- gain weight, so everyone just eats like fucking pigs all day <laughs> long. And the whole concept behind it was that like is when you die. You have to go before a tribunal, and they play clips of your life, and you have to explain yourself yeah. when they're inappropriate. Yeah. And it's Albert Brooks. It, it happens in twos, yeah. and uh, Albert Brooks is partnered with Meryl Streep. And Meryl Streep, everything they play, everyone's like, oh, my God, what a wonderful – like, you yeah. saved your child in that fire. And everything they play from Albert Brooks is just really petty, pathetic stuff. And it's just like, <laughs> come on. Like, I did better things than this. It's really, really good. I highly awesome. recommend it. 
But uh, yeah, not the shack. That's garbage. Okay. <laughs> well. Mm-hmm. Do you want to quickly talk about the Switch, then wrap up? Yeah, let's sure. Do it. So another week of the Switch. We've been talking about the Switch for like five weeks <laughs> straight. I am so tired. <laughs> so very, very tired, and all the excitement I had for the Switch is completely gone. Ah, that's a shame. Cody. Not because it's bad. Just because Exhaustion. I've been, yeah, it's yeah. been so much Switch. Yeah. Uh, so I reviewed the Switch. Mm-hmm. I reviewed Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and I reviewed One Two Switch. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, there's another one coming too. I don't know if I'm doing it, but <laughs> we'll see. Exciting. Um, so the so Breath of the Wild lives up to the hype. Yes. So yeah. by now everyone's heard it's gotten tens across the board. I mm-hmm. gave it a nine and a half. Mm. You are the worst person. How can mm. you live with yourself? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not a fan. I guess I just wasn't for me. No, I'm joking. Mm. I, I gave it a nine and a half. It's a fantastic game. Mm. Is it a ten out of ten? I don't think so. Um, there are some technical glitches that kind of hold it back. I had mm. the game freeze on me at one point. Bummer. Um, frame rate slows down if you dock it. We've talked about that a couple times. Um, and uh, there's like some small things like. Uh, wearing some equipment, you can see like Link's arrow pack on his back, like so. He just kind of layers through the thing it, over, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the hood, and it's it's weird stuff like that where it's open world jack. Yeah, um, and I guess it's something that you just have to be used to by now. But I refuse to mm-hmm. uh, let. I don't want to call it mediocrity, but I refuse to like let that slide That's fair. because if you don't call it out while it's an issue it's just going to continue to be an issue um, I, I feel that the bigger a game is the more chance that no matter how big the team is things will be missed. yeah things are going to happen with that being said i don't want it to happen so um that's not the only reason why i gave it a nine and a half instead of a ten but you know um a nine and a half is still a good score you are one of the lower scores on metacritic right now don't love nintendo um but it's a fantastic game it's beautiful um it's gigantic uh it takes place it's pretty. So there's been a lot of uh, talk about where what, what, where in the timeline does this take place. It doesn't necessarily tell you when, but I feel like it's one of the later entries in the timeline. I um, think the timeline's nonsense anyways. Who cares? But uh, mm. in terms of the story, you play as Link. You wake up in the Temple of Resurrection. You played the thing at the Nintendo event as well. Mm. So what happened is Link was a chosen warrior uh, for Hyrule. Uh, Cody, all these spoilers. All these um, spoilers right now. Oh, yeah. I guess I should say this. Is minor plot spoilers. Uh, I'm not going to go super into You mean the first, details, five, the first five minutes, the best yeah. minutes of the game, Cody? Uh, I mean, like, they, it's a little bit further than five minutes. But anyway, Link was a chosen warrior for Hyrule, um, and he fought alongside Zelda and a bunch of other people. Not people. Mm. Different races from... Are they people? I don't know. Let's get into the politics of Hyrule. <laughs> are are sure. Gorons considered people? Is it ethical to call a Zora a, Zora a person? Yeah. Uh, I think he is. <laughs> fine. Um, so he fought alongside all these other uh, warriors. And um, so essentially the way it worked was every hundred years, Ganon comes and he just messes everything up. Like that's kind of the mm-hmm. – they got down to a science-ish. And it's coming up on that time. And uh, the people of Hyrule, um, they – heard legends of uh, an ancient tribe that used to live in Hyrule called the Sheikah. Um, if you play Legend of Zelda, they're everywhere. Sheik was um, supposed to be a part of the Sheikah tribe. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, but it was Zelda. Spoiler from 1998. Mm-hmm. Um, Impa was too. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting off topic. So the, it takes place uh, 
they so they they heard about the Shika tribe and they are this is super advanced uh, race of people that had these sort of like robot esque technology, um, a little bit of magic, a little bit of robotics, uh, and they had these robots scattered around Hyrule <laughs> to destroy Ganon when he came. And uh, four of the robots are called Divine Beasts. They take the form of different animals. And they, you gave me a look for a second. I was like, I'm not supposed to talk about it. It's going super deep. (laughs) I I feel you could just say it's kind of cool and you run around a lot and you'd be Anyway, there's all those things. Well, that's because it's part of the the whole story. Anyway, Ganon takes over the Divine Beasts and the robots. Um, And it's it's kind of interesting to see Hyrule in this state because it's Hyrule's always in despair when you play, but like it's it there's more um, feeling towards it. Like there are fields full of these. They're called guardians. The the squid robot things. Um, There's just like a fort just full of these guardians, and they're just all not working anymore. And the walls are crumbling Mm -hmm. down. uh, It really kind of like hits you to see like how much damage has been done. Now the divine beasts are pretty cool because those are the temples. Oh, okay. Um, so it's a different take on Legend of Zelda Temples. It's it's the most interesting I've ever seen. It starts with a boss battle because they're giant robots and Ganon has control of them, so you fight them. Huh. Um, once you defeat them, you go inside and you try to kind of like rewire them to um, kind of point them at Ganon and use the powers against them for what they're intended to. Mm-hmm. Um, this game's massive. It's gigantic, and it's beautiful. Uh, now, here's the discussion I want to have with you guys. Um, so it's the second highest rated game on Metacritic right now. It's behind Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Mm. And some are saying it's the best Zelda game of all time. Mm-hmm. Now, certainly it's my favorite Zelda game I've played. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm still a little high off Zelda, so that could change. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ocarina of Time is my favorite game ever. Mm. Um, now, Ocarina of Time, when it came out, was revolutionary. Mm-hmm. There was nothing... Uh, out there that was doing what yeah. they did on consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the N64 had some power behind it compared to what was on the market at the time. The Switch doesn't. No. Can, if you're looking at it, Breath of the Wild in 2016, Legend of Zelda, 19, uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time in 1998, can you compare the two? Can you compare where Ocarina's time is to where the... Yeah, so you can say Breath of the Wild is the best game of all time, but when you look at it, when Ocarina... If in this theory where Ocarina of Time is the best game of all time and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is one of, if not... I, I feel that this is all subjective and it's all based on... Yes, but what you're, you understand what, what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, because, yeah but I mean, if we're gonna, how far are we going to push that if it's we're comparing it to the like based on groundbreaking standard? Because yeah. that, by that logic, then... Pong is the greatest game of all time because, because that was crazy. crazy. Yeah. We could control something on the TV. So, so is I, it fair to compare the two? I, I think it's fair in a historical sense to see where that system was at that time and to see where this is coming out now. But you also have the fact that would Breath of the Wild be the best game of all time if it did nothing to do with Zelda? If yeah. would it? Because um, if well, so, I'm not then, saying it's the best game of all time. Though. No, but I mean, my point is, if people are looking at it through the Zelda lens, like they're saying, this is great because it's Zelda and it's huge. Well, I think or there's are also people saying this is like Skyrim is Zelda. I think and it's that makes also it the best game of all time it, uh, because it's Zelda. You get that. Oh, it's Zelda, so this must be a benchmark um, kind right. of feeling for it. Um, I, I, I think to look at any series as if it's 
the be all and end all and when it does something it's automatically great that's giving too much credit to a single series and not enough to the creators that are trying to yeah. put their work in making the special. I don't think that's the case with Zelda because there have been games in the series that have been blasted. Yeah, there have been. Um, Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword is one of them. I'm, uh, you defend it. I'm, I'm a defender of it's Skyward fine. Sword. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's a huge step for the series. Yeah. Um, there's not been a Zelda game like this. There's not been a, a game with this scope, mm. uh, with so much you can do. This is a really, really deep game um, yeah. in terms of mechanics and, and what you can do. It's it's huge, and it's fantastic. It is a very pretty game. It's a game that pushes what – it is a benchmark for the Switch. It's, it's a yes. thing that people are now going to say, well, that's what the Switch can do. I expect that level of quality on the system. And, and that's going to be really interesting because um, in a couple – I want to say in at least a year – um, we're gonna have the new Xenoblade game, yeah. And uh, now we have this RPG experience. It's okay. How's this gonna mm-hmm. stack up? So yeah. mm-hmm. it's gonna be really. Uh, it's gonna be a fun time. Uh, the other game I played was One Two Switch. Yeah. And did you, did you play anything that was different from when you and I played it at the yeah. event? Uh, yeah. So there's actually some pretty cool ones. There's cool. um. So there's a couple that in my review I kind of ranked it as okay. There's the games that. Uh, you're going to want to play. Mm-hmm. There's games that I, I didn't look over all of them. There's 28 games packed in there. I, I could not physically pack that into mm-hmm. a, a sizable um, review. And mm-hmm. also, I just didn't want to talk about all of them. Yeah. Uh, there's 28 games. So I talked about the ones that were really good, mm-hmm. um, the ones that had premise but didn't work for one reason or another, and then mm-hmm. the ones I hated. So mm-hmm. the ones I really liked, there's uh, there's two. Um, there are uh, three. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I can't remember the names of them all the time I had. There's one where it's like a soda pop game. So your mm. Joy-Con works as it's like a bottle of soda. Yeah. And you and a bunch of friends stand around, mm. and you shake it, and then you pass it. Yeah, yeah. So you can shake it as much as you want yeah. um, and then pass it to someone else. And if you think that it's time for the thing to pop, yeah. you pass it over, and then someone else will shake it if it pops. Right. Um, it's pretty fun. The you, you have to pretty much base your opinion on how the Joy-Con, the HD rumble works. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really cool to feel the fizz mm-hmm. through the HD Rumble, okay. um, and it's definitely uh, an intense game. Yeah, it's sort of like. Uh, Do you ever play the old, the, the first two Mario Party games? Yeah. So, uh, do you ever play the the Bob Bomb Toss game where it's like you hold the it's like hot potato? But yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. It's that cool, uh, but with soda pop. Yeah. Um, really fun. I liked it. Cool. The other one. Um, that I or the other two I thought they were really good. There was uh, we played the quick draw game. Yeah, right? yeah that was So there's great. another one called fake draw. Okay. So you have to look your opponent in the eye. Yeah. And yeah. he'll yell words yeah, that yeah. sound like fire. Right, right, right. Except it's not, and they have to wait till he actually says fire. So oh, interesting. It's trying to fake you out. Right, to, right, right. So you also have to fake your opponent out. Oh, that's fun. Uh, I guess if people didn't hear the podcast where we talked about it, you uh, you have your Joy-Con down facing the ground at your waist, and you look your opponent in the eye. And you just have to like kind of twitch to try to get them to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then when he finally says fire, you pull up and yeah, shoot. Yeah. Um, the other one was kind of, kind of like Simon says, but there's mm. two voices. Yeah. One you do the exact thing that they say, and the other one you do the opposite. Right. With your Joy-Con, um, that game, stupid hard. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah. Um, you because they they change it up so much, but it was uh, it was really fun, um, especially when you're playing with other people. Cause would you say this was as good as the like uh, Wii Sports? No. Okay. No, it's not. Uh, Wii Sports was kind of this, like, special kind of... Yeah, not in terms of groundbreaking. Um, I mean, just in terms of a fun party game. I can see there's certain games that can work, yeah. uh, but I think Wii Sports had a, uh, a mass appeal that 1-2-Switch won't have. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, now, in terms of games that 
I'm not gonna. I'm gonna skip over the ones that had premise. Yeah. Uh, the ones that sucked. Uh, there's one. It's called Sandwich, mm-hmm. and you hold your Joy-Con in front of your mouth, and uh, there's like a camera on the bottom, mm-hmm. um, and you just open and close your mouth, and um, it's supposed to track your mouth opening and closing, like you're taking bites out of a sandwich, Weird. and if you can eat as ma- more sandwiches than your opponent, you win. Yeah. Uh, it didn't do that great of a job tracking your mouth, gotcha. um, and also it's just a stupid premise, yeah, and yeah. I hated it. Uh, okay. The other one. Um, not that it was bad. I'm sure it was a great mini game. Yeah. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. It was weird. You hold the Switch tablet in your hand, in yeah. your arms, like you're holding a baby. Yeah. There's a weird baby face on the screen. Yeah. yeah. You're supposed to cradle it until it falls asleep. Put the thing down. Yeah. And then walk away without waking. The baby. <laughs> it was weird. I didn't like it. It made me feel uncomfortable. Babies are weird. Yeah. This game was weird. Uh, one T switch gets a seven and a half out of ten. It was uh, that sounds it um, sounds fun. Can you, is there? Can you play it one player at all? No, no. Okay. You have to play two player. As much, right? uh, but you can play with more than two people. Uh, more than two people. Yeah. Um, there's uh, you can do like team battle mode kind of thing, and then there's cool. also a shuffle mode, so you can kind of just kind of play roulette. Yeah, oh, yeah. another game that was really fun on there that I think you would like uh, if, if you play with someone. Um, you have to play with someone, but um, yeah. it's sort of like a dice game. Yeah. So you roll your you you shake your. Yeah. hand like you have a dice and then you like flip it over like you're holding a bowl mm-hmm. like you like you flip the dice over on a bowl mm-hmm. um, and your opponent does the same mm-hmm. now you feel the number that your how do you feel the number uh, the Joy-Con rumbles okay. so you feel the number the Joy-Con rumbles a certain amount of times to indicate the number your opponent landed on okay cool and you have to try to convince them to either stay put yeah or roll again huh. and whoever has the highest number after wins that is a game that will ruin friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll learn a lot about the people that are you're playing with. Yep. I learned a lot about myself. I'm a horrible person who will lie to win. We all know this. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And news. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was it was kind of fun. Um, this the console itself is is I liked it. Mm-hmm. It got a uh, an eight and a half out of ten. I think it's um, bordering on revolutionary. Um, it's it's definitely it's got some it's got some oomph to it. Uh, I don't think the Joy Cons are the most comfortable thing in the world. I think that the Pro Controller is the better way to play. Mm-hmm. With that being said, the Pro Controller is another cost on top of that. So yeah. if you want the Switch, and this is all Canadian dollars, that's three ninety nine ninety nine plus a game that's seventy nine ninety nine yeah. plus a controller at another eighty dollars. That is a lot of money up front mm-hmm. and. So it's hard to really recommend it on that premise. Yeah. But if you just get the system and a game, I mean, I paid more for my PS4 for the same kind of experience, and mm. you can take this on the go. So um, I think it's uh, it was a pretty good job by Nintendo. Yeah. It's a cool system. It's just wait and see, like any launch. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the thing. Um, I'm, I have mine pre-ordered. Um, I think the, the lineup of what's going to come out is uh, is pretty yeah. good and Zelda so I mean I'm gonna get it but cool. yeah I liked it and I liked Zelda and one two switch is okay I guess if you really need to but I mean if you're gonna buy a second game for it get Bomberman like yeah. I mean we like, don't we don't can't say that yet because we haven't played Bomberman we haven't played Bomberman but it's an actual video game mm-hmm. or get I'm Satsuna yeah. I, I, I'm I, I can great. say that one, yeah. I just I, I like that kind of mini game stuff I was a huge fan yeah. of WarioWare and stuff well I'm sure sorts of things. if you play like there is fun to, to be had mm. um i just don't go in thinking this is gonna be we sports too or yeah um, fair enough 
even Nintendo Land too. I I, I like Nintendo Land better. Uh, I thought that was a a bit of a better tech demo. But yeah, with but that being said, Nintendo Land and Wii Sports didn't feel like tech demos as much as one two switch did. In the office? Or no, no I forgot at home. Okay. Uh, but I was gonna give that a try. I have an extra that one. I'm sorry. I can bring it in on the on tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, this felt like a tech demo. It felt like a commercial. It was like, yeah. look at what we can do with this. And, and it's I, forty dollars, I believe, is yeah, forty nine ninety nine. Well, that helps because that's only going to get cheaper, right? Yeah, if it gets to be about twenty bucks. That'll be worthwhile. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's just I, I, I question the lasting appeal. At least yeah. with like Wii Sports, the games are really fun. Yeah. Um, not to say that there aren't fun games on there. Mm. It's just that like you could pick up and your friends could play tennis or whatever yeah, yeah. anytime, mm. and it's still just as fun. Where whereas. I got to a point with the person I was playing with uh, where it was like, I don't want to play this again. Like, I don't want to do another round of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of, um, a lot of just like shaking up and down motions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In the vein of, oh. you know, that thing. Cool. <laughs> well, uh, but let's wrap up there. And that's, yeah. That's a good discussion of the switch. I mean, I'm sure we're all going to have more comments as the weeks and conf- uh, months go forward and more games released. So forward, tired but of it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you're going to be playing it all uh, all next week. Oh yeah, sure? no, totally. When I once I've bought Legends of the Breath of the yeah. Wild, I'm that's that's going to be my life. I feel that I, I'm kind of curious how the market's going to take uh, $79.99 games on a mobile. Huh? Well, that's the beauty of the Switch, though, right? But uh, you can't say that because you just said it's a mobile and a home console. But if people want it just as a mobile yeah. console. A, a, a 3ds game was like 39 bucks yeah but at the same time if you're getting a home style game but someone might not but the point but is, then they're not going to get that kind of game if they want a mobile game they'll get a game that is made for mobile because that's there are none uh i mean i'd i'd argue i am satsuna um mm, and bomberman no because there's no short sections of i am satsuna and bomberman uh, you need multiple people to play properly. I, I i don't know I, i'd say i am satsuna would be a good comparison and even then um but you could also just play that on the PS4 or the Vita. You could, but you just say that Vita? The, uh, it's not on Vita. No, it's just PS4. Yeah, it's just PS4, and okay, you and can't take your PS4 on the go with you like that. So, no. Um, my, I think my point is, if, you, if you're looking at the system, I think you're bu- you said that you're buying the system for Zelda, and yeah. you just want to play it on mobile. It's, it's just kind of a expensive price point for people that are just doing it as a mobile console. I, I Again, um, when the time comes for Nintendo to actually announce this as a full-fledged mobile console, not just a home console you can take on the go, um, then there will be titles that complement that and are priced as such. Okay. Um, and when that happens, then those people will, will hop on board. Because right now, Nintendo still wants you to get the 3DS. Um, and those, that's where... One. Yeah, but at the same time, if they, if they didn't want you to get the 3DS, they would have put the new Fire Emblem game on the Switch. That's fair. Okay. Um, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just yeah. No, I'm playing devil's advocate. No, here no, totally. I'm, I'm sure. not. I'm not getting like angry at you. Or anything. I don't. <laughs> I just. I don't think 79.99 is a lot, a lot to pay for games that take people hundreds of hours to make. That being said, yeah. as someone in the consumer advocacy role here of just putting my like, consumer hat on and saying, what can I buy if I have to buy lunch or buy a Switch game? I would say it's a lot to pay. Yeah. That being but said, at the same time, that market might be the ones that just want to pay nothing and get an app that they can play on the bus and then yeah. if they want anything else it, it, it depends like it $5. honestly depends what nintendo markets the thing as where they place it and where they think the consumers are going to buy and that's up to yeah. nintendo to do and it's up to nintendo to place itself in within the uh global sector. do you want my bold prediction sure go for it i think in two years that's when the 3ds will be phased out and that's when the switch will take over okay. and that is when you'll start to see those titles like um 
you know, the new Shin Megami Tensei, um, the whatever Square Enix is working on that small RPG, and other games akin to that. They'll probably see a new Super Mario Brothers game. That's not, I don't have any insider information here. I'm just saying that's the type of games you'll start to see, and they'll be priced at probably around $44.99. That's the price of a regular 3DS game at this point. And um, that's when this will really take shape as a home or as a mobile game console unit. Um, but that is just one journalist's opinion. And with that, I think we will wrap her up, call her a show. And thanks for listening. For more content like this, don't forget to check out cgmagonline.com where you can find Phil's review for Logan and his uh, his little, little retrospective on Hugh Jackman. This and, is correct. And, and, and his, his role as Wolverine mm-hmm. and Patrick Stewart as well and Patrick Stewart shout out the two of them together oh okay cool. awesome. it only makes sense yeah no it's true yeah. I guess when uh, when we pitched it I didn't know that it was going to be um, yeah just when I started writing it I was like it's silly not to talk about Patrick Stewart yeah. he's been in all of these he's been just as important yeah, yeah. totally um, you can also find my reviews for Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild for 1-2 Switch and for the Nintendo Switch we got a lot going on here so there's a lot that you can check up on cgmagonline.com including the newest game news and don't forget to check us out on YouTube at cgmagonline and you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash magazine and you can find me on Twitter at Cody underscore Orm Brandon BFRI26 Phil at that Phil Brown and you can find cgmagonline that is our Twitter handle and with that have a good week we'll see you next time Woo-woo.